Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. Another day and another credit downgrade. This time, it's Moody's Investor Service, one of the three major credit rating agencies alongside Fitch and Standard & Poor's. Last week, Fitch downgraded the sovereign debt of the United States, and late Monday, Moody's downgraded the ratings of several U.S. banks. Moody's took action on 27 banks, including downgrading the credit ratings of 10 and putting others under review or giving their ratings a negative outlook. Credit ratings are very important for banks, which fund themselves partly with deposits but also by selling bonds. Many of the reasons for the actions will be familiar. Rising deposit costs and risk to commercial property and construction loans posed by the shift to remote work during the pandemic. So what are the implications? Well, this seismic activity that we saw in the banking sector back in March, it's not over. It's no surprise to any of our listeners, we've been talking about the ongoing risk to U.S. banks several times since then. The bottom line is pretty simple. Higher interest rates are bad for banks, and it's easy to understand why. Banks typically own vast portfolios of bonds, including U.S. Treasuries. They own commercial real estate bonds, housing bonds, municipal bonds, and all kinds more. One of the key influences over these bond values is interest rates. Remember, when interest rates rise, bond values fall, and we've had a decade of low interest rates. So all the paper out there, written in the past decade, is destined to fall in value. Remember that banks spent most of the pandemic securitizing their loans at record low interest rates, many of them as low as 0%. Many of these loans were purchased by the Federal Reserve itself. But now, interest rates are way higher than they were a few years ago. That means that all of these bonds that the banks purchased back in 2020 and 2021 have lost a ton of value. In the world of investing, that's known as an unrealized loss. It's simple. If you buy a stock and the stock price falls, you haven't actually lost money because you haven't sold the stock yet. But on paper, you're down. Well, it's the same with banks. Their bond portfolios have lost a ton of value because interest rates have risen so quickly. So on paper, they're down by a lot. According to the FDIC, banks across the United States had $620 billion in unrealized losses at the end of 2022, equivalent to roughly 30% of the total capital in the banking system. That's a pretty big number. But this is where we need to dig a little bit deeper, because the way they account for this is not actually honest. It's not fully transparent. It's only the bonds that they're required to report that are being shown as, as facing unrealized losses. And like we've talked about on the show before, banks have the option to categorize their bond portfolios in one of two ways. The first category is what's called hold to maturity. By classifying a bond as hold to maturity, the bank is essentially saying we're never going to sell a bond and we intend to keep it until the bond matures. Naturally, at maturity, you get the face value of the bond, so they don't have to declare an unrealized loss. So if the bank is holding a 30-year U.S. Treasury and classifies it as hold to maturity, it means they intend to hold that bond on their books for the full 30-year term of that bond. The other category is called available for sale. Bonds that are classified as available for sale are available to be sold on the market. They have the right to sell them. So if the bank needs to raise some cash, they can liquidate some of those assets. The banks are only required to report the unrealized losses on things that are in the available for sale category. Just like we saw with Silicon Valley Bank, they were forced to sell some bonds that were available for sale. They took a big hit, I think about a $2.4 billion hit, in order to raise that cash, and then they were not able to replace that cash with an equity raise, which is why the bank ultimately failed. 
So the truth is we have an awful lot of unrealized losses hidden behind this available for sale versus hold to maturity classification. It means that the banks are deliberately understating their losses and overstating their financial strength. So remember, the losses the banks are actually reporting amounts to $620 billion. But how big would the unrealized losses be if they were actually fully transparent? Well, according to one recent report from the National Bureau of Economic Research, the real estimate on potential losses is about $2.2 trillion. That number is big enough that it wipes out all of the equity in the entire U.S. banking system. Not to be outdone, the Federal Reserve themselves are sitting close to on a trillion dollars in unrealized losses. That's also thanks to the very rapid increase in interest rates that they themselves are responsible for. So it's quite possible that the largest and most systemically important central bank in the world is hopelessly insolvent, and the U.S. banking system may have wiped out all of its equity. The entire point of this whole episode is simply to highlight that the banking sector is still in trouble. Some of the issues we saw unfold a few months ago have not gone away. In fact, if anything, with the continuing rise of interest rates, they're just getting worse. In my opinion, the risk of a 2008-style monetary and banking crisis is actually going up, and I don't believe this is going to be a U.S.-only phenomenon. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.